again, that promote an understanding of it, that it's not a bunch of people that are just flying to the South Pacific for a champagne party, that this is, business aviation is a lot of the trips that we used to do with this tech company where it would, what they were able to do in a week's time going around the world would have taken three weeks if they'd even been able to accomplish it, they'd gone commercial. Hello and welcome to the Business Aviation Collective podcast. This is sponsored by LD Aviation and today we get a chance to speak with Anne Wooday. Anne Wooday may be semi-retired at the moment, however she's had a long and distinguished career all throughout different aspects of business aviation, including flight departments themselves, uh, service provider as a software vendor as well. So welcome Anne and thank you for your time today. Thank you, Lindsay. I really appreciate being here and your time too. Likewise. Great. And I'm so glad you took some time to speak with us because like I said in the introduction, you have had a really long um, career here and you have a ton of knowledge in all sorts of sections. Like I was saying, you know, part 91, but you also did a lot to give back to our community, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast. But how about we start off with how did you even get into aviation? By accident. And I think a lot of people stumble into it. Um, mm-hmm. And I was working at a large telecommunications company in San Diego in mm-hmm. the travel defense area. And one of my responsibilities as the financial analyst was to audit. And was I was auditing some costs and invoices for the company that was at that time managing the company aircraft and noticed some potential irregularities and questioned those. And then also noticed there were some payments that were being duplicated. And again, like some irregularities brought those to the attention of the CFO, who then decided he wanted to bring the aircraft in house. And we were at a social function and he approached me and said, hey, you're married to a pilot, so you know a lot about aviation. I want you to bridge the gap and be kind of the connector when we bring in this department in-house and you've got the institutional knowledge of our company and we'll, yeah, there'll be a director there and you can help bring it all together and make it work. And I don't say no to the CFO (laughs) who is still in contact with him. He's retired, actually started another business, but he's gone from that company, but he's an amazing, amazing person that I learned so much from. His name's Neil Title for anybody that ever had a chance to know him. Just a brilliant, brilliant guy and learned so much yeah. from him. But didn't want to say no to him because when he sees things, there's a reason and you got to believe it. And I was a little uncomfortable. So on the drive home, told turned to my husband and said, okay, tell me everything you know about aviation. And he retired Navy pilot and a private pilot, but hadn't done or well, had not done Part 91 in a corporate environment, I should say. But okay, so could tell me about planes and aircraft. <laughs> and I was very lucky. The people that came in house, Fred Gammon, Casey Pelletier, um, Chuck Reeves, and you know, the flight crew, the maintenance people were phenomenal. I learned an enormous amount from them and then met Joe D'Amato and several other people through MBAA and was. Just very lucky to have some great mentors. Darren Hall, I can't speak enough about him at Barbara Jet Center. He's been my, called my mental, but technically a mentor, but learned so much and 
So I hope that I can, I have through the years been able to share back and hoping to communicate that for people to pay forward as much as you can. That's awesome, right? I mean, that's really all, this industry is just all about that. You know, people stepping in to help you and then you stepping in to help other people. That sounds literally and that the phrase, it's, that's not my job. I rarely hear that. And I think that I tell everybody, even though it may not be your job description, but if it's something that needs to be done, your job is to get the people in the planes, in the air, where they need to go safely. <laughs> That seems like um, kind of going back to when you were talking to your CFO, that seems like a really big endeavor because I, I know there's other companies out there even now right now, they're maybe under a management company and they'd like to bring it in-house and do it on their own. Like how long do you think it took for them to come off the management, I say certificate probably, and and bring it in-house? We did it very quickly. It was within a two months. Oh, wow. In hindsight, that may have been... Actually, no, it was a necessity. The things I found that was a necessity, but there are other flight departments. I know several years ago, I helped Netflix when they started their flight department. And the person who was in charge there at the time helped him. He was someone I worked with in previous incarnation. Um, and there's benefits to both. There's some operations where being on a certificate is, a, you know, or it may be a managed certificate is a 91, or maybe a portion 135, it may be mixed, then you have to do analysis to see what's best for any good operation because every operation is different. And when I left that telecommunications company and went to work for Collins Aerospace, I thought I knew a lot, but realized I just really started to learn. And because that the years I was there, seeing all the different flight departments and the different types of operations, there's everything needs to be tailored to the given operation and you can't, there's no one size fits all. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. No one be operates exactly the same. Yeah. Tailor it to that specific company and client. And I am hundred percent though a data nerd where I really think it's reporting and data are so important, um, both from finding out what you need to do and also to tell about what you're doing. And there's, and again, it's different for every operation. Some just want to know flight hours, where do we go? Others have how many passenger count, what hours are, what pilots are working, what hours are flight attendants, you know, cost issues, various things, you know, our cost per flight hour. And just be ready if you get into this business that it's constant change and it will never stay the same ever. That is very true. And I think if you are starting up one, like maybe you're, lis- you're a listener and maybe you're going to start up a new flight department or pull it off of management and bring it in-house, that data points that you're talking about, that's important to collect from the beginning. Like look at your whole setup with the eyes of how can I report on that? How, ca- how can I show what we're doing? Because we do some setups here and there. And I think that's oftentimes the reporting piece is the last thing they think about. You're like, okay, well, I want to put in um, my passengers, fine, first name, last name. And I'm like, well, let's think of the other things you might want to report on them. You know, maybe you need age. Maybe you need, um, you know, are the controlled employee if you're working on CIFL. So, yeah, I think that data, it really is helpful if you can do that up front in, in oh, the way beginning. And with if they're, you know, control or not is huge, especially if there's going to be any 
people on the plane and if you're a public health company and like you said is to one of the things where oh it's just a passenger we'll just add them in but having a uh, we created a lot of templates that i then have shared to goodness knows how many people for everything from crew profiles passenger profiles aircraft various things that having these checklists an ad for an aircraft acquisition and divestiture checklist annual kind of i hate to use the audit term but frankly it is there's having a, a kind of a stable of, of templates and checklists has been i thought very helpful but they also back to what you said they have to be everyone's customized because there may be things that apply to one that don't to another but the bigger the template you can always delete stuff so a really good start. And that's an excellent point, making sure that you have as much information, both for data point and for operational purposes. So you don't get to, you know, going somewhere and find out, oops, well, they, they need this piece and they don't have that. This person can't have this, that, and the other. I mean, not having the more data you have on everything and that can even go to the planes. How many engine cycles are we doing for this is, you know, there's so many different things and just getting as much data as you can and being able to report on it and hopefully having it in a format so you're not trying to merge all these various types uh, yep. of data. That, but accuracy is most important. So. Sure. Yep. Very true. So now you went from this business aviation part 91 department and you moved over to uh, Rockwell Collins. So what did you do there? I had sales, sales for international internet support, for software, for um, everything from flyer following to internet services to aircraft services. And it was so interesting, so very interesting because I, and I had a, what I hope was a really good perspective, having been on the customer side where I made a great effort to really listen to the customers and find out what their pain points were, what they really wanted, not just to go in and sell them what I think they want. Mm -hmm. But by listening, you can find out, okay, do we have what they need? Can we customize what our services and solutions are to meet their needs and go with that? And I, I hopefully, I think it worked out really well. So I'm still in touch with, I've met so many great people. I'm still in touch with so, so many of them. And it's, mm -hmm. It really does. It, it that just that one conversation with the CFO changed. It was life changing. It's that sounds yeah. dramatic, but it it was a positive life change because there's you know met so many great people and there's a core group of us that were at that tech company that still get together every couple months. There's uh, people kind of spread throughout the country, but we're still all in touch and and it's been a great thing professionally and personally. So, and I truly feel that about business aviation, that it's, even though it's big, it's also very small. You know, you have friends in, you know, New York, Alabama, China, Japan, Brazil, and, yeah. and it's an amazing opportunity to really work with and meet and develop relationships with people globally. You know, I hear, I get to do these podcasts and I love it, but that exact point is, it just comes out almost every single time. This is a small community there's, we really have a lot of friends in this community. And if you need help, you just reach out. It, it's all about the networking and it really give and take. So very cool. It is absolutely. And um, there again, lots of value, professionally and personally. And 
and hopefully being able to expand and promote business education and promote an understanding of it, that it's not a bunch of people that are just flying to the South Pacific for a champagne party, that this is, this aviation is a lot of the trips that we used to do with this tech company where it would, what they were able to do in a week's time going around the world would have taken three weeks if they'd even been able to accomplish it, if they had gone commercially. So, and they're often confidential conversations. There's a lot, there's their business tools and try to explain to people and showing the value of that. And sometimes it's quantifiable. Sometimes it's not quantifiable, but if you can combine both, I think that's ideal from a recording standpoint. So. Yep. Good point. Good point. Yeah. The more in, the more in our just like personal conversations with other people that we can promote business aviation as not being just yet, like you said, one giant party. We really are doing, we're moving and changing and growing companies with these aircraft. Well, and then there's also the, there's in addition to the obvious business benefit, there's also a charity, depending on the company, a charitable benefit. One of the most rewarding things I did was to use the company aircraft during, after Hurricane Katrina to evacuate people. And that was very humbling, very humbling, very sobering being, going in there, being one of the first, you know, aircraft back into flooded airports. And it was sad, but there was also a lot of hope. Um, and being able to help out where we could, both bring in what they call cows, cell sites on wheels, being able to evacuate people and seeing people that had lost everything where they were holding their belongings in grocery bags and them thanking us seemed very, it, it was like, it's a very, very humbling and um, very cool. And what a great thing to be attached to a company that would allow or promote that, use that because it's a very expensive asset, obviously to use those aircraft. So wonderful. That's really cool. Know, it's not doing the right thing is, it isn't, it's not always easy, but a lot of times it's not that hard. Excellent. Okay, so you're doing Rockwell Collins, you're doing sales, you're kind of all over, you're, you're selling all sorts of stuff. Then what uh, what is uh, your life like after Rockwell? Where do you head? Wanted to take some time off, thought I wanted to be fully retired, then realized I wasn't ready to be fully retired. One daughter on the East Coast, other one had left her college at the Ohio State. Um, so wanted to do some travel, did that. Of course, COVID impacted everything, but was still getting calls where it was okay, you know, everything from management to pilots saying, you know, gosh, I'm on this plane, we're part 91, and I just found out that we're flying to this overseas destination, and we're taking this person who just mentioned that he's got to write a check for this flight to, you know, our, our principal, and is that okay? That sounds like a charter that's, you know, of course, red sirens are going off everywhere as far as yeah, because in, in fairness to the pilots, they they know the you know FARs, but when it comes to the business and technical side, they may not have an intimate knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. So answering those questions, helping people do checklists, helping everything. Basically, whatever people ask about, they're undergoing an audit. What do they do? Um, they're going to be buying and selling a, or selling a plane for the first time. Do we have any suggestions? And so I was doing a lot of, and did a lot of, and still am, if somebody calls and asks a question, just doing consulting, it's answering those one-off questions where they may not need to have a full-time or even a part-time person, or they may not have someone with the expertise there, 
but to help them A, get the answers they need and B, show them and the people that work with or for them where they can find the answers because there's an enormous amount of resources that they may just not have known about. And even helping them within their company where they may have a finance department or a security department or a tax and you know, regulatory department where they don't know aviation and what applies to a certain standard within any given business section and segment does not necessarily the same. And you of course need to, depending on what type of classification you're operating under, you've got a lot of rules that you need to follow or, you know, FAA, IRS, SEC, everybody. Yep. They're not always well received, but, but you still need to follow them. Right. I can tell you've had that experience where you're, uh, and has that happened to you where you've been the, you know, the messenger that no one wants to hear what the news you're yeah. telling? Yes. I, and I think I find the civil part of it. That's probably where I see a lot of the mistakes that go in. You know, people are thinking, well, these top five people are the only people are going to be controlled, but mm, they're not really. Maybe you have to add in your directors. And, you know, it's the interpretation of the rules that they see. You can read it and understand it in one way, but you really need somebody with experience to be able to help you interpret it correctly or interpret it according to what the government wants to see on their end. Oh, yeah. And that's it. All it takes is one art. And, yeah, and just the fact that you haven't been caught yet doesn't make it okay. And just saying, right. you know, we, fortunately, there have been times where I've heard well, just don't tell them who's on the plane. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's talk. Then let's talk liabilities. <laughs> so and right, and you're right. And I know the tax and regulatory seminars with NBA are absolutely invaluable. And and I hope that anyone that has even one, you know, potential CIFL or one non, you know, non business person mm-hmm. on any flight go can go to that because it's a small investment to yep. be able to keep up with that. And, and those seminars, those, those conferences, there was so, so good. And they're so, they are, they're great. So valuable. And I'll do a, a shameless plug as well for LD Aviations. Cause I, I think MBAA has awesome conferences as well, but they're only, I want to say twice a year. We have uh, just produced a CIFL class, and I know this is, a again, a shameless plug, but there is a CIFL class online that we have now. In case anybody wants to learn all about CIFL, you can do it at your own pace. Anyway, that's all I'll say in my little plug. I'll, I'll go launch it too, because it's, and there's, there's things you'll get out of it. I guarantee watching your, your seminar online, I guarantee there'll be something that people get out of that that they may not have gotten out of a regional meeting or out of NBAA, so, right? great resource and it's super important yeah. that you investigate those resources like i'm glad you have that That's yeah i i um i really think like the like the checklist that you were talking about i think there's a lot of these resources that are out there and people have created them and i mean you obviously spent a long time creating those and they're helpful to other departments other flight departments all over the u.s so yeah i'm trying to collect stuff like well i'll send you some if they, or let me know if you're missing anything or if there's any gaps or anything. Okay. Or data dump for you. <laughs> there you go. That'd be awesome. All right. I'd love to pursue. Okay, perfect. Well, that kind of brings me to the next part is all of the, the giving back that you've done over the years. And I know we had talked before, we want to discuss, let's start with scholarships. I know you have a good bit of experience and you tell me, tell me more about the scholarships and, and how important those are. 
Well, I also need to first clarify that time and energy I've given pales in comparison to what, you know, many others have. I mean, you've got the Kelly Rittenhouses and, and you know, uh, people that have given, that have been the S&D committee chair, people that, that are, you know, chairs of IOC, various that have given so much time and continue to. And I think it's important that we all give in some capacity and be that attending a regional group and just helping out or being a member group or volunteering to assist at you know any of the given conferences. That yeah. said, I did have the great honor of being able to serve on the SME committee for several years and be the lead on the scholarship committee, which was amazing because it the scholarships started out, you know, many, many years ago where started out, it's been, in 1997 was when Schedulers and Dispatchers founded their scholarship. And okay. it has grown and grown and grown. And now NBA has, sorry, everything is under NBA Charities, the scholarship program. And they give out for 100000 annually in um, cash and tuition awards. And mm-hmm. then there are a number of other scholarship type awards that they provide. And as a scheduler, dispatcher, of course, you focus on all go into the S&D scholarships and, and, and awards. But there's also the Kaufman and Decker Business Aviation Management. There's Memorial Scholarships. There are Flight Attendant Committee Scholarships. There's IOC Scholarships. There's go to their webpage because there's so many different opportunities and look at them and apply. There's Schedules and dispatches, even though you have your main job function, you can always learn about other job functions. And I think it's changed significantly in the last 10 to 15 years, where previously there were somewhat limited promotions for schedules and dispatchers, but that's changed. And now we have people like Tom Stewart with Jake Morgan and Melanie Carney with Visa, Wendy Gavigan with Citibank and others that are directors and VPs. And that's how because they've gotten their, their can, which is very important. And yep. learned about all these different areas and have experience. I know Tom's a private pilot and, and getting experience in all these areas. Don't, don't limit yourself because by limiting yourself, you're not just limiting yourself, but you're limiting, you know, the benefit to others too. And all these different people with all these different perspectives. And I've always, I learned pretty quickly coming into aviation that the scheduler and dispatcher function, in my opinion, is the brain center of any given operation where they're the ones that get the first phone calls when something happens. It may be a good thing, you know, maybe a item of things done, it may be an operational thing, but then it it's pulling in all the parts from maintenance, from crew, from you know, flight attendants, from um, you know, passengers, operations, all these various things, you know, business uh, deals that may happen. And the schedules have to think in all all these different dimensions, you know, what's currently happening, what's happening in the future, what used to happen before, and how are we prepared for all this? And being able to pivot at any given point. Um, but the more you know, and scholarships can really help out with that. I was recently awarded a scholarship and it was it was <laughs> it was really interesting to be given uh, awarded a scholarship by Kim Dinsney, who years ago I gave a scholarship to, and, oh, and cool. I know in calling people when I 
was giving out scholarships, well, I was giving out scholarships. There were some people that at that time maybe had lost a, a job or didn't have, didn't think they had the training, wanted to get their dispatcher license or something. And being able to do that was a direct result of these scholarships. There were people that cried and it was very emotional. And, and it's been fun watching to see where these people had gone on, things had gone on to do. Well, a couple of them had been um, chairs of SD committee. So in my case, I had applied for a service elements scholarship, leadership seminar scholarship, and I'm excited to be able to go to that later this year. But there's there's so many opportunities. Um, and there's also the Women in Aviation International. And, and look around and ask around. Ask people you know. Just go to conferences and ask questions or go to websites and poke around. Call Lindsay and ask Lindsay. There you go. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> do it. Yeah, do it. You know, I think that brings what you're saying really brings it 360. You said that one conversation with your CFO positively changed your life because it got you into business aviation. I think these scholarships, I, I think you've seen some, of, like you said, some of these people are now directors, Wendy um, and Tom and Kelly. Um, they probably had a moment similar to that. And it could be that it was a scholarship, just that one scholarship that maybe put them in a leadership class, helped them learn those skills to be able to get those positions. And yeah, you never know. Do it. Even like you were saying too, maybe it doesn't pertain specifically to S&D. Maybe there's a flight attendant, maintenance, whatever, you know, go in there and, and learn it. it it's certainly never going to hurt to learn well, something it, more. Uh, Jesse Doros, who was with this tech company that was at, she started out as a CSR and then went to schedule dispatcher and now is flying. And there's numerous examples of people that have some have, there are hybrids of everything because it's just when you think you've seen it all, you have it because there's opportunity everywhere. And there may be somebody that's looking for a scheduler dispatcher, flight attendant, maybe pilot, flight attendant, scheduler, maintenance person. I mean, yeah. And run it. Again, the pilots, we had, there have been times where the pilots that I've worked with, because they're the ones in the plane, if something goes wrong with maintenance, depending on the level, but they're the ones to diagnose it and being able to just even talk with somebody by knowledge and all that, um, by knowing them, the pieces, parts of the plane and you now very technical things like, okay, this isn't working, let's reboot the plane. Um, you know, there's all that knowledge. And yes, there's a lot of pilot training, there's maintenance training, but there can be a lot of, of, of crossover. Um, and there's so many opportunities for it all to come together. You know, emergency training, I think, is a big, big thing that I'd say the last again, 10 plus years has become a focus of having an emergency yep. response plan. And often the scheduler and dispatchers, I think, are the ones that can see all the various layers that are needed for that. And it's very important, in my opinion, to have the emergency response plan in place and drill it. And drill it. Yes. And drill it. And I find to have it available to you remotely, especially when a lot of us are not even in the office anymore. I I mean, I've only gotten a very few phone calls and thank you. They, thankfully, they were only small emergencies, but they don't happen when I'm sitting at my desk in front of my computer where I can open up my ERP binder or something like that. It happens when I'm driving down the highway and and now 
how do you get to that? So I guess I would say any emergency response, it just needs to be accessible to you wherever that, and whenever. Well, that needs to be part of the drill because that was our drill. We didn't, we knew the week it was going to happen. We didn't know when. And I was mm-hmm. exactly your point. I was driving home and got a phone call from someone that was pretending to be our flight attendant and sounded eerily like her and said, the plane's gone down in such and such city. I can't see the pilot and was in this panic and then the phone went and dead. And luckily I knew the planes were nowhere near there. So I knew it was the drill, but it was okay. We got to go. It, it's go time. And like you said, can't really open up a folder when you're in your car and you know, well, so, cause that's when it's going to happen. It's you hope things like that never happen, but, or it could be something similar like, oh, Executive A forgot he brought this passport and he thought it had a Chinese visa, but it's actually a Taiwanese visa. He can get into China with a Taiwanese visa, right? No, and now we're 2.15 in the morning and they're on approach into Beijing. So, you know, there's different levels of emergencies, but yes. just because it hasn't happened, don't, it will happen. Right. Gonna <laughs> don't ever say it's not going to happen. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's some weird stuff that you just couldn't even make up that happens along the way. <laughs> well, I wish that's one thing I do wish there would be like a, we had a forum or someplace where we could get together, get a get together. The, you, you wouldn't believe this and put it all into a book somewhere and have it for at S and D or at NBA or at base. And so you get to share the, you know, because you hear about all these things, it'd be fun to be able to write them all down from globally. Yeah. You know, That'd be awesome. There's, you know, there's a fleet of chickens running around on the ramp. What if we did it? Well, <laughs> that'd be awesome. All right. There's another business venture for you. And then that can be your next project. <laughs> Collecting all of the stories and put it in a big binder. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. That would be hilarious. Actually, that would be really fun. Yeah. Very <laughs> cool. So, you know. Looking back some more on your S&D times and while you were with the committee, what other items did you find interesting or or what did you what else did you learn while you were with them? Gosh, so much learning about different operations. I mean, going in, I always bring a notebook to everything, even to, you know, conferences walking around. There's always going to be people you can talk to, somebody you're having coffee with or at a committee meeting or whatever, learning for people because, again, our issue is so different. And there's so many opportunities, and it's it's fun to meet different people from different walks of life, hear how their operations run, um, share with them. If they maybe have a pain point, we have pain points to share, come up with solutions. And, you know, we worked at that time. It was Joe D'Amato, who was fantastic working with Joe and uh, Mike Nichols, who absolutely won, and Steve Brown, just some of the finest people. And I know there's um, Tyler and new people that are there that are equally phenomenal. Um, at Elena Hall, name dropping. Um, so, there's great, so many great people that, and it's always such a fascinating group of individuals. And you will have like one lifelong friendships, and I just can't speak highly enough of NBAA and what they provide from a business perspective and frankly, a social perspective too. So mm-hmm. uh, during lockdown, I had several recurring calls with groups of friends from business aviation where we did Zoom or FaceTime calls 
every week just to kind of touch base and talk about everything from you know how many times have you walked your dog to you know what what are your what are your plans for reopening and back unexpected and 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 get involved and get involved because again it, it is it's just get involved and if you have a resource share it what you have spoken to to your guide on um the syphil and having that that resource the resources you're providing ones are in, in battle so they and i always yeah i've just been super passionate and excited to be able to i just feel like there ought to be one spot where we can all go to find those items and we can all also feel comfortable posting our things like your your checklist i'm sure there's a bunch of other people that have maybe there's even a civil calculator that they somebody produced in an excel file because they needed it nba has one that they update that's right nba has their civil calculator that i have found is the best because they update it within a couple of days of each time the rates are published by the manager. And it's very customizable because, as you pointed out, the difference between a control and non-control employee, how many people are on the plane, what's, you know, the gross weight into the plane, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, there's so many variables. And that I have found to be a very, an excellent, consistently robust and accurate. But that said, I always qualify when we're giving estimates to people for civil. There's always that qualifi- qualification. You've got to also always educate people to say, okay, this is what it's estimated. Use the estimated term because otherwise, if you even it, that very likely will be the exact amount, but if for any reason the miles flow, let's say they have last minute, they're going somewhere else or somehow the mileage slightly changes you don't want to have someone coming back to and say but you told me this so uh the rule apply it's just that calculations may deviate slightly depending on any given operation they end up going into a different airport or something um but at the policies are still there and i i mean like you had said where they're positive is in in your and and what you've got online is that these are the policies policies there's no loop yeah and everybody that thinks they're they're finding a loophole there, there's no, there isn't. You're right. It just is. A, is the no. you know you just got to pay it. <laughs> you can't just not list the person on assets. There's a million reasons you need to have them. Very true, very true. I'm thankful and to see over the years that we're seeing less of that. Also, I remember in the beginning, you know, twenty some years ago when we started that hey, we're just not putting them on the manifest was actually relatively common. And now I see most people are really frowning on that. Like you said, for liability reasons, just knowing who is on the airplane and for uh, monetary financial reasons. Some of it's optics too, where you, I think there's, there's, because we live in a social media world where the optics of having yeah, you know, let's say a plane goes to Paris during the Tour de France and one employee gets off it, followed by his family and, you know, 10 friends. And that could look really bad. But if you could say, oh, no, they although oh, the odds of that happening are very, very, very slim. Um, because I, I truly believe that business operations utilize for business. But but that's optics where they may not see that that person, that business employee going into Paris had a huge meeting with a giant company that was business critical 
all they see are the people that jumped on that plane. But if you, you could say, oh, no, this person had business need, the plane was going there, these people got on, and this is what's being allocated to them and reported to them, both to the IRS and the SEC, because I know the SEC has been a huge hot button for the last 15 years. Um, yeah. But that became the uh, reportable, and especially in like public, public companies in the 10Qs and 10Ks. And, you know, that more optics. And the, I think by and large, the vast majority, if not all companies are very transparent about that because they don't want to have that day. They don't want to appear to do, be doing something wrong because they're not. They're, they're trying to do the right thing. They really want to do the right thing. They do. Yeah. And they want to do the right thing and use this as a tool. Use the aircraft and the flight department as, as a tool. And boy, you have, you really just have so much knowledge in this industry and that's, it's super cool to talk to you and I hope um, other people reach out to you. In fact, if other people did want to reach out to you, where would they find you? What's the best uh, way to find you? LinkedIn. LinkedIn is great. Um, okay. Uh, my email that I never get rid of is awidayy at cox.net. Um, I, I don't always check email super fast, as you know, because I've been doing a lot of traveling and it's, 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 and that was hard being separating from the constantly checking email and phone. That, that seriously took me about a year and a half to get to break that habit. Really a year and a half. Yeah. Cause that was, even if you're on vacation and I know there's that work-life balance and it's yeah. super important that dispatchers do take their time, that they have that work-life balance. But it's so hard because you want everything to be done right. And, and it's, and you, you just, you, you want to be the people behind the curtain. You want to be Oz where, okay, the, the principals and the, and the company, be it from a um, corporate flight operation or a charter operation or whatever, they don't need to, they can have the plans for a business reason. They need, they want to go get done what they need to do. They don't need to know any of the chaos behind the scenes. So try to make sure that that chaos stays behind the scenes. It's a big part of our jobs. So, um, but it was it was a little bit hard to disconnect, but I kind of done that. Unless, of course, it was a project we're working on. Yeah, but that's great, though. It's good It's good to hear that, you know, eventually that's in store for all of us. I mean, I, yeah, I check my emails a lot, although I'm really trying to, to <laughs> not do it while I'm on vacation as much. Because you're right, that work-life balance is very important. Yeah, a year and a half. Yep. If you if you've done it all your life that way, yeah. Well, or to- and it was honestly it was close to twenty years of it. And because even prior to getting into business aviation, there was the travel and expense side. And you know, I got a phone call when I was fairly early on in working at this corporation in their travel department that one of our employees had bit a sacred monkey in Thailand, and it was three something in the morning, and they needed. $10,000 to post bail for this employee because he bit a monkey. And I said, you mean he got bit by a monkey? And they said, no, he bit a monkey. And apparently it was a sacred monkey that he had bit. And they wanted $10,000 to make sure this monkey was not going to get some illness. And oh well, yeah, <laughs> you just know. That's one for the books. Well, yeah, but you know what? <laughs> it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> It it could I couldn't have I couldn't have a dream that one up, but yes, but 
Yeah, and if any, anybody listening does have stories, email them to me because maybe I'll start collecting things and we'll write a book. I still, I still think that would be that would be so funny. I would. I think that would be so fun. Yeah. All right. Well, definitely. If and yeah, anybody listening, send Anne your story so we can add it start to the book. Collecting them, so good. Sounds great. Well, Anne, thank you again so much for your time. Really good talking to you and can't wait to see you maybe in uh, another one of the shows coming up. You think maybe? Yeah, very glad. Hopefully, very, that would be great. I know uh, Vegas is coming up and we've got other, lots of other things coming up. And thank you very much for all you do, promoting the industry and supporting that and all your great resources. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. All right. We'll talk again then soon, Anne. Thanks again. Thanks. You too. for listening. Please stay tuned for more episodes and check out our website for up and coming podcasts. This has been a production of the Business Aviation Collective sponsored by LD Aviation.